Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Life Essentials, New Lifestyle, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva, on March 15th, 2020. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of James. Uh, we're going to look at this passage. I don't know um, about you guys, but <clears throat> I wanted to share a little bit about who I am as a, as a person, just so you kind of know your pastor a little bit better. Um, but one of the things that uh, is you kind of get to know me, not only is that, that I'm a very funny guy, but uh, you also kind of learn as you kind of hang out with me that I'm, I'm a creature of habit. I, I do a lot of the same things over and over. Um, every day I drink the same coffee, black. That's it, period. I love black coffee. Every day I do a lot of the same routines. I don't know about you guys, if you've created a routine for yourself on a daily basis. Some people like that way, some people don't. Well, me, I'm a creature of habit. I like the same routine from day to day. I put my little Google calendar together and you'll see that I live pretty much by that. And on occasion, every now and then, please pray for me, people will mess with my calendar. And it just throws me for a loop. My, my muscle memory gets dementia. And it just really makes things spin for me. I don't know what it is, but I just, you know, I'm, I'm used to routines. You can ask my wife. I'll be driving down the road and I'll be headed towards something. And she'll be saying, where are you going, Floyd? And I'm like, I'm going to work. She's like, it's Saturday. We should be going to the store. <laughs> You're going the wrong way. You missed the turn. And it's because I'm such a creature of habit. And this is going to be an oxymoron, but I'm a kind of person that doesn't mind change. I actually like change. And I know that sounds weird, but I don't know about you guys. Are, are you guys the kind of people that like change? Do you like when things change for you? Do you like when your surroundings change, when you maybe change the furniture around in your home? Does that excite you? I know for some that does not excite you. I know for some it's like, leave that sofa where it is. It's fine. I live with a wife. She's a wonderful lady. You guys love her more than you love me. And I know that. But my wife loves to move her furniture around. She loves to paint the walls. And I hate to do that. <laughs> I really do. I hate painting. It's one of the things that I do not like to do. So, so now you know a little bit more about me. That, that I'm a creature of habit. And I like change, which is kind of an oxymoron, but that's okay. But uh, it's a little bit about me. But I think in our culture today, I think one of the things that, that we're seeing more and more often is that there is a lot of change, right? Our culture is changing. Maybe it's just us old people, you know, that think that because kids act differently or behave differently or do things differently, they listen, listen to different music, whatever it is. Uh, we don't like that, but that's just part of our culture. Our culture kind of changes. Like for me, I wish we lived in the 40s because I love the way they dressed in the 40s. I really love the whole dapper look of the men and the ladies and the, the nice little dresses. I just think that's just a cool era to live in. Although they didn't have the technology that we have today. And so that would be a little tougher for me in that regards, because I'm not a big technology person, but I do like what we have. And uh, back then they just did not have that access, but I do love the way they dressed in those days. But in saying all of that in our series right now, we're going to talk about something that, that I think is very important for us to understand when we think about life essentials. So we talked about having new life in Christ. We talked about salvation. 
We, we talked about living in faith. Well, well, this morning, I'd like for us to talk about and think about our new life and how we live this new life. What that looks like for us. It's a new lifestyle. It's changing from something that we were used to doing, that muscle memory that we, we live out on a daily basis to something that's new, that's more a reflection of who God is, being an image bearer of Jesus Christ. And I, think, I know that that dynamic for a lot of us is hard because a lot of us will say, well, you know, this is just who I am. This is just how I am. And you're not going to teach an old dog new tricks. We're all going to kind of live the way we think we need to live because this is the life that we're used to living and we really just don't want to change that dynamic. Would you agree that sometimes we say that? This is just who I am. This is just how I behave. And I don't really want to change that. Well, I want to ask you this morning, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've professed a faith in Jesus Christ, you understand what salvation is, you know what it means to put your faith in Jesus Christ, I want to ask you, has your life changed? And if so, how has it changed? Has it changed for the better? Or are you still kind of doing or living in kind of the same pattern that maybe you lived uh, before Jesus Christ? You know, they say the definition of insanity is what? Doing the same thing over and over and again and expecting a different result, right? I think at times as Christians, sometimes we do that. Sometimes we, we do kind of the same things. We live in the same pattern of life and, and we expect a different result because now we're Christians, right? But what we don't realize is that, that God requires change. God says, come as you are, but I'm not going to leave you there. I'm going to help you to become the person, and I'm going to say this, I want you to listen to this part right here. I'm going to help you become the person that I created you to be. Did you catch that? If you would look at James chapter 1, verse 18. See, this verse just popped out to me this last week. I've read this book many, many times in my lifetime, um, but this verse this week really just kind of struck me. And in James chapter 1, verse 18, he says this, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. He saved us. And he did so that we would be a kind of first fruits of his creation. Did you catch that part? Do you know what it means? To be first fruits. See, in the church, we talk about when we give our tithes and our offerings, when we come and we, we give ourselves, we, we give our first fruits, right? We give our very best. If you look at Malachi chapter 3, it tells us that when we give God our first fruits, the tenth of our portion, that it is to be the best of everything that we have. And what God is saying to you and I is that he wants us and he created us to be the best of his creation. You are God's best. See, to, to me, that, that, just, that just struck me this week because if I think about my life and who I am and who I was and who I'm becoming, I am God's very best. 
And I don't say that in an arrogant way to say, hey, look at me, Floyd's pretty awesome. But I say that because God looks at me and he says, Floyd, you are my very best of creation. I created you to be the very best. But what God also tells us is that there's some aspects in our life where we fall short. There's some areas in our life where, where God needs to refine us and help us to change. See, and that's the, that's the new lifestyle that God offers us. That's the new lifestyle that God wants us to live in. And that takes change. That takes a willingness for us to move towards the things of Christ and away from the things of this world. And I believe that God demands that change. I believe that, that God expects us to respond to what he's given us. I believe that, that it's a life essential because he says that we are a kind of first fruits of his creation. See, James has given us the why. He's helping us to understand and helping us to know that we need to begin to, to function properly as believers in Jesus Christ. It's because of who he created us to be. And he created us to be his very best, the first fruits. See, there's a big word that we use in the church called sanctification. And this is the process of change. This is the process of God helping us as believers to function properly, to do the things that he's asked of us, to become the very best in how he's created us. And we can only do that through Jesus Christ. We can only do that through the power of God's spirit by living and actively pursuing a deeper, more, a deeper, more intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, I always tell people that I'll love you better the more I love Jesus. And I believe that with all my heart, that we'll love each other better the more we love Jesus. But how do we do that? How do we move towards that? Well, I think James is offering us some thoughts here in regards to these life essentials. And we're going to read about it. And we're going to ask that God help us to become those first fruits. So let's pray together and then we'll read the passage. Father, we come before you in Jesus name. And we just thank you for a new day. We thank you for the breath that we breathe. The life that you've given us. The opportunity to gather together to, to worship you, Father. And that's why we're here. Father, we're here to meet with you. We're here to, to love and encourage one another and to remind each other of the hope that you've given us through Jesus Christ. And we know that there are some essential things that you want us to know. Some very important things that you want for us to have, Father, as we live this life, as we move into this new lifestyle. Father, I pray that you would guide our steps, Father, that you would speak to our hearts and that you would help us to take your words and apply them to our lives, to live it out in front of the rest of the world. That not only on Sundays we would be Christians, but every day of the week we would be image bearers of your son, Jesus Christ. The model that he left for us when he walked on this earth. The lifestyle that he lived. That we would bear the fruit of all that you're doing. Not only in our lives, Father, but in the lives of those around us. So Father, we bow before you and we come seeking with a willing heart to discover the things that you have for us. And we ask that you would guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, as we continue in chapter one of James, I want to read verses 19 through 27 together. He says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. See, we know that God wants to bring about change in our lives, but what does that look like? And what do we need to do to do our part to ensure that we move towards that change? Well, the first thing I think we see here is that it's essential for us to be humble, to have humble hearts. If you look again at verses 19 and 20, he says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. See, James gets right to it. He tells us, don't respond right away. First, listen. Be quick to listen to what's going on around us. Be quick to hear Pay attention to what is being said and respond in a healthy way. Respond in a, in a humble way. He says, be slow to speak and slow to anger. See, I think this, this dynamic for, for most people is hard. And it's hard because it takes humility to respond slowly. It takes humility to just listen to someone's heart, to listen to what's going on around you. See, because initially in our, in our pride, we, we want to respond. We want to tell you exactly what we know and how to do it. Well, I can fix that for you. But he says something different here. He says it's essential for us to be humble. It's essential for us not to respond in anger or to respond in a way that is unhealthy. See, if you, if you respond in anger, if you're, you're quick to respond, I think you communicate a whole lot to the world around you. I think you communicate a little bit of arrogance, a little bit of, I, I've got this all figured out and you don't. And so come listen to what I have to say and I'll show you how to do it. I think sometimes as Christians, especially as I look at Facebook, <laughs> we, we respond that way. We see someone post something and, and they express a, an emotion or something that, that maybe we don't agree with or we don't like or we see an opposition to what we believe and immediately we feel like, oh, we got to tell them how it is. We got to show them the right way. But no, the Bible tells us it's essential for us to humble ourselves. James says, be quick to listen. 
Because you've got to ask yourself, why are they responding like this? Why are they expressing the emotion that they're expressing on Facebook? You know, I, I had an instance one time that, that I actually got it right. You know, I actually did pretty well how I responded. I was at the bank and in the drive-thru and I put my checks in and there was a bunch of checks and the lady just kind of went off on me, the teller. She's just like, let me have it. Why are you putting so many checks? Don't you know you need to come in? Blah, blah, blah. And she just read me the riot act. And I just paused for a moment and I, and I dealt with this lady often and, and I'd seen her and I, I knew her by her first name. She knew me by my first name. And, and my immediate response for whatever reason, and I see it as the grace of God, it was just to simply say, Excuse me, can I ask you a question? Are you okay? Because the way you just responded to me, I just, I'm just, I want to know if you're okay. Are you having a tough day? You know, I responded because I listened, because I, I, I sensed this hurt behind the way she expressed her anger towards me. And it really wasn't because she was angry at me. It was because I believe and came to find out after a few minutes of just kind of listening to how she responded to the way I responded was to find out that she was having a horrible day. And not, a, not just because of work, but because of life around her. Because everything that was going on in her world, all the things that she had been dealing with at home and with her spouse and everything else that was going on in her life. And you know what she did after I asked that question and she shared a little bit? She just simply said, thank you. Thank you for listening to me. And I'm, I'm sorry I responded to you that way. I, I think we're just too quick to respond at times. But part of it is because we're not humble. Part of it is Christians, and we should be humble. See, our, our response and what the Bible teaches us about what's essential is in life is that, that it takes humility to respond. Look what he says again in, in verse 20, 21. He says, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. What do you think he means by that? When he says, put away all of the world and everything that you think is okay and right. And with a meek heart, with a humbly heart, humble heart, Receive the word of truth. Take God's word and apply it to your life and allow it to lead you in a different way. Allow it to change you into the person that God created you to be. I think that's, that's a profound statement that he's saying here because it takes humility and he's reminding us that it's essential for this life. That you and I as Christians, as believers in God, we should walk in humility. Submitting first to God's will. Loving God first. And then loving our neighbors. Loving those around us. See, we let God change us. And this is why it's essential for us to show the world around us something completely different. If you look at verses 22 and 24... He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is, a like, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself 
and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. I want you to think about that for a moment. How often do you look in the mirror? If we're honest with ourselves, I think we probably look in the mirror quite often. I mean, I don't have hair, but I still look in the mirror to make sure my hair looks good. (laughs) Part to the left sometimes. Sunday mornings usually to the right, you know. We look in the mirror. And and we look and, and we see this person. And sometimes we're pleased with this person. Sometimes we're not pleased with this person. But either way, we walk away and we forget who we are. We lose sight of who we are. And I, and I think that's why in verse 18, Paul gives us, I mean, excuse me, James gives us this reminder of just who we are. He says, we, he created us to be like first fruits of all of his creation. He made us to be his best of everything. So when you look in the mirror, see the best. Know know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. But when you walk away from that mirror, don't forget who you are. Don't forget who you belong to. See, when, when we acknowledge that, when we come to the realization of that, then we're more likely to be doers of God's word than just hearers. See, it's real easy to quote a scripture or quote a passage to someone and say, hey, brother, you need to do this because the Bible says. But yet we in our own lives aren't doing what the Bible says. And the simple thing is just love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And we look intently into the mirror and, and, and we, we do that because we love ourselves. Whether we like ourselves in the moment or not, we we love ourselves. See, it's important for us to not only be hearers, but doers of God's word. Have you ever heard someone say, oh man, those Christians are weird. Those Christians are different. Have you ever heard someone say that? Well, I have. But but sadly enough, when when they say that, it's them being negative towards how we're behaving as believers. See, it's okay if they're saying that because they see us as different from the world. They see us doing something different, something better in the world today. But unfortunately, in today's times, they look at us as Christians and they see us as different because we're doing the wrong things. We're behaving just as badly, if not worse, than most people around us that don't have a faith in God. Oh, look at those Christians over there. They think they're all high and mighty and holy And yet look what they're doing. See, it's essential for us to be different in this world. I want you to look at verse 25. He says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseverance, and perseveres, excuse me, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Not a hearer, but a doer who acts. Someone that lives this new lifestyle. He says, look into the word of truth for your life essentials and know that when you seek to be different, you are seeking to be more like Jesus Christ. You are seeking to be an image bearer of the one true God that not only loves you, 
but loves all of his creation. So much so that, that he made humans, humanity, to be his very best over all of creation. See, it's through Jesus Christ that we experience this change. It's through Jesus Christ that we move towards this new lifestyle. It's by the power of God's spirit that indwells in us as we live out this life, as we walk in step with God's spirit and become something different. Now, I'm not going to ask you to do this right now, but how many of you can share what the fruit of the spirit is? List the different fruit of the spirit. Now, now, if you've got that in your mind right now and you're running some of those, and even if you don't have them all, that's okay. But think about what some of those look like. Not just what the words say, love. Think about what it looks like in reflection to God's word. Think about what joy and patience and kindness, what they look like to the world around us as we reflect that to those that, that don't walk with Jesus Christ. See, that's what it means to be doers of God's word. See, you and I shouldn't just be hearers of God's word, but we should be doers of God's word. And I think if, if we are doing that, if we are listening and we are walking in step with God's spirit, then the last thing he tells us here, shows us here, is that it's essential for us to be charitable. And I, I think this is the greatest way that we're going to reach the world around us is to be charitable. So I believe with all my heart, you have to love someone before you'll ever touch someone. See, God first loved us, yet we were sinners. See, God loved us first so that he can touch us next. He loved us so that we would draw near to him. And if we want to reach the world with this hope, it's essential that our lifestyles are charitable. Look at verses 26 through 27. He says, if anyone thinks he is religious, I love that he uses that term right now because for Christians today, we don't like to use the word religion. We like to use the word relationship. But he says this, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. I think that statement right there is what the world is saying about the Christian church today. Because we haven't learned to bridle our tongue. You know, we have the right to freedom of speech in America today. But I think as Christians, sometimes we've taken advantage of that. And the Bible doesn't necessarily give us a freedom of speech. And how we see it in our opinions. See, the Bible says, be quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to anger. And he goes on to say, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. He gives us a picture. He says, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So I want us to note two essentials here that we can apply to our lives that I think will help us to respond in humility and to show the world that we are different. That God has changed us. That it is a, a new lifestyle that God is offering us. 
One, that there is power in our words. See, we have to be careful in our speech. We have to be humble enough to, to bridle our tongue and, and, to think that, and not to think that we can just say whatever we feel. Because I, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes the things that I feel, I really don't need to be saying. <laughs> Seriously. I'll be honest. There, there's moments when I'll tell my wife, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the good guy. You know, there's something I want to say. But God says something different. God says that we need to bridle our tongue. And James goes on in, in this book here to, to tell us what the power of the tongue is and what it does to the world around us. And I'd encourage you, if you get a chance this week, to kind of look into that a little bit more. Because of time, we won't, we won't get into that. But, but if the world around us needs to see something different, then we need to be something different. And we have to realize that there are power, there's power in our worlds and we need to be careful in the things that we say, how we respond. And the second thing here is that, that as Christians, we should be charitable in everything that we do. We, we need to be willing to sacrifice a roll of toilet paper for somebody else. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's funny, I get it. But the reality of what's going on in our world today is that Christians are hoarding toilet paper right now. They're hoarding things and not thinking of anybody but themselves. And I'm not trying to pick on anybody or put anybody on the spot. But we really don't need to live like that. We need to be charitable to the world around us. We need to be different. We need to be humble. See, we give of ourselves generously we give of our resources generously and we can't be afraid to give our time our energy our efforts to help the world around us and you think to yourself and you might be saying Floyd well I'm not afraid to give I'll help well let me ask you this when you think about your giving what does it cost you I really want you to think about this. What does it cost you? Does it cost you anything? Do you you maybe have to kind of sacrifice some time away from doing maybe what you want to do to help somebody? Do you have to maybe sacrifice some dynamics of resources and things that you want personally and financially to help somebody else? What, What does it cost you? I'll tell you what, Jesus Christ gave everything for you. It cost him everything to die on that cross. People look at at Jesus not as the Messiah. They look at him as a foolish man that came and said foolish things to deceive a bunch of foolish people. But regardless of that, Jesus still did what the Father asked him to do. And he gave everything for you and I. And I want you to think about this again, going back to verse 18. He did it because he sees you. He sees me. He sees your neighbor, your coworker, your family member, your friend as the first fruit of all of creation. So this is why you and I 
need to live this new lifestyle. This is why you and I should allow God to sanctify us, to change us, to become the people that he created us to be. That we should be doers of God's word. That in everything we do, we should live out God's word. And I say as the church, let's start by simply just loving people. Would you agree with that? Let's just show people love and kindness. Let's show them grace and mercy. And when they're mean to us, let's respond to them in a different way. Let's encourage them. Let's remind them that we serve the God of hope, a God that loves us deeply. Let's be charitable to the world around us. You like that word? It's a big word, charitable. It just simply means giving of yourself giving of your resources, your time, your energy. What do they say? Your time, treasures, and talents. Just being willing to share what you've been given. I say, let's be charitable. Well, as we kind of wrap up our, our time this morning, I want to ask Jason and Michelle to come up. As we think about change and how God changes us and how the world around us changes. Everybody knows Jason and Michelle. Let's give God a hand for them. You guys have the mic. Nope. Did they hide the mic from you? Well, as, as we kind of wrap up our time together and continue to worship, I wanted to bring Jason and Michelle for a couple reasons. One, to kind of talk about some of the changes that are going on in our community here at Soul Rio and also to pray with them and pray for them uh, because God is doing a lot of changing in their world. And uh, with that becomes a lot of you know, unknowns and a lot of things that kind of scare us and create fear in us. And, and we want to make sure that as a family, we, we wrap our loving arms around Jason and Michelle and, and just you know, give them the assurance that uh, we're there with them and it's going to support them in everything. Everywhere. But Jason and Michelle are our youth leaders and they help our students be good and be nice and not mistreat us old people. And uh, they do a phenomenal job. They've done that for the last probably five years. Am I correct in saying about that? And uh, so Jason and Michelle are entering into a new season. Uh, they've got a lot going on as far as changes in their life. A lot of things that potentially could change their life in the coming days that we're praying that God would do for them. Um, they are looking to adopt a young, name, la young lady uh, from Mexico and they got some great news. Well, I, I don't know if it's fair on the other part, if it's great news, but they got some positive news this last week that someone that was in front of the line ahead of them to adopt this young lady um, is actually kind of moved away from pursuing that. And so they're not real sure where that places them. I'll let them share a little bit more of that with you in regards to that. And so they, they are maybe moving a little closer to being able to adopt this young lady from Mexico. So we want to pray with them and for them in that, because again, that brings a lot of life change. For those of you that have little ones, you know how that changes your world big time. And uh, for those of you that have old ones, it still changes your world. <laughs> Uh, the other dynamic is uh, as God leads Jason and Michelle, um, he's kind of moving them in a new direction and they are going to become our uh, missionaries, if you will, our mis mission leaders. They're going to help us as a church to be mission-minded, to serve in Mexico and support some of the things that we're already supporting as a church, but they're going to take the leadership role in that and help us to go a couple times a year to, to Mexico and support all that. And I'll let them explain a little bit of that to you. But with that being said, because of time and a lot of stuff, they're not going to be able to be our, our youth leaders 
um, in that decision-making role as far as our youth. They are still going to be a part of our youth group and take, make, play a critical role in that. So they've partnered with Matthew and Courtney and would it be fair to say Damien and Christy too um, in that to bring leadership to our, our youth ministry. But in the interim, we will need to look for someone that would take that kind of, not forever role, but that, uh, that decision-making role as a church for, for our youth to make sure that we have someone um, that's leading that completely. Uh, so keep that in prayer and keep them in prayer as we do that. And I'll let them share a little bit about their journey and uh, kind of all the changes that are happening. Go ahead. So I just wanted to, to reiterate, I know that a lot of time in, in church language is when you talk about transition and stuff, it's, it's really code word for stepping away or stepping aside or anything. We have no desire or plans to not be involved with the youth anymore. Um, we're still going to be here every single Wednesday. We're still going to be doing our share of teaching and, and planning and all that, that good stuff. Um, it's simply, um, we just don't have the, the if, it was, if youth group was just about showing up on the night that you have youth, in being here, then you know there'd be no need for change. But there's so much more to it behind the scenes that takes up time. You really need to to do it right and to really uh, to let the students know um, you know how valuable they are and, and what important role they play in the future of the church. There's a lot of investment that needs to go on outside of those three hours on a Wednesday evening, and it's just something with our with our changes. I've had some personal work changes over the past year and a half, and with our journey to to adoption and the missions work that, we're, that God's leading us to. Uh, we just don't have the time to do that outside of Wednesday investment. And, and I think it shows. You know, I think that, uh, that there's some things in youth group that, that aren't as solid as, as they were, once were, and I take full responsibility um, for that. So, therefore, it, uh, it's just the natural transition is we just need to find that one leader who can go back to doing or who can do some of those things that... Uh, the underground has been known for as far as, you know, as long as, well before Michelle and I were even involved in it. Um, so it's simply just that. It's a, a transi uh, transition. There's, it's not a code word for stepping away or, or any of that other stuff. We're not going anywhere, and we're going to still love the students uh, to the best of our ability uh, moving forward. And uh, I'll let Michelle speak to, I think last time I, I said all the words about our adoption process. I'll let Michelle speak to that. Um, no, it's fine. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting it. I So what Floyd shared with, we just got news um, this past week that we might possibly be a step closer to um, having the opportunity to um, bring Rosa to the United States. We're not sure what that looks like, and so we are headed back down there this week. Um, not to make light of everything going on with the coronavirus, but lucky for both of us, we've both been told to not be at work. So that works out well for us going to Mexico and um, getting to or trying to request a face-to-face -face meeting with the government agency that, that has the, the control over the situation. So that's what we will be doing this week, um, later this week. And... We just ask that you guys keep Rosa in your prayers and keep us in your prayers as we go forward with the situation. And that, I mean, ultimately we want it to be, obviously, God's will is the most important. Um, we just want to be selfish in that <laughs> we want it to be what we want. So um, just just pray for us that that no matter what the situation is and how the outcome of it is, that that we remember that it's always what God's plan is. 
cool. Well, God's always doing a new thing and we're excited for them in every way. And we're excited for us as a church because um, we serve a God that just loves us deeply and wants the very best for each and every one of us. And, and uh, so we just get to be a part of it all, which is kind of cool. And so if you would um, just stand with us right now and we're going to pray and then we're going to continue in our worship and we're going to pray for and pray with Jason and Michelle and uh, just for all that God is doing. Father, we just thank you so much for your love, your grace and, and the mercy that you show us each and every day as you invite us in into this deep, intimate love relationship, Father. Father, you're so good to us and we're so grateful. And so we bow our hearts to you right now in this moment as you uh, bring about all these new things in our life as a, as a church family and a church community. Uh, we lift up Jason and Michelle to you specifically this morning as they go on this journey with you, uh, discovering and, and learning and understanding all the things that you have for them, Father. We pray for Rosa uh, because we know that you have our very best interest involved and we know that uh, your love and grace is just there. And, and uh, we pray that you would just guide the steps as they need to be guided, Father, and that you would open the doors as they need to be opened, and that you would uh, just prepare all the hearts that uh, you're at work in that are involved in this whole uh, proceeding and, and uh, what's involved, that you would just keep them soft, keep them humble, and uh, keep them trusting in you, Father, in uh, just your perfect will. Lord, we thank you for that. We pray for the dynamic of uh, what you're doing here at Sol Rio and helping us to be more mission-minded and to think outside of these four walls, at, uh, not only in our community here in Rio Rancho, but in the city of Albuquerque and the state of New Mexico and, and beyond across our borders into Mexico as we get to serve those that you place in front of us, Father, that you would uh, just keep us open, you'd keep us willing, you'd keep us humble, and Father, that you would remind us that uh, you have ordained every one of these moments, Father, that you've given us us uh, the privilege to be a part of everything that you're doing and, and all the work that needs to be done, Father, and we just get to be a part of it, Lord, and we're just so grateful. Father, we just pray that you would guide our steps as a church, and today, um, as we bow our hearts to you, uh, we want to pray for those that are, that are fearful right now and worried about the days to come, that you would just bring uh, grace and peace into our lives and remind us that you are a holy God and that you love us deeply and that you'll care for our every need and you'll take care of us in every way, Father. We love you and we thank you for this and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Sol Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at solrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at solrio.com. At Sol Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community invite you to go with us on this journey.